Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Killam Apartment Real Estate Investment Trust third quarter 2021 financial results conference call. At this time, all lines are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Thursday, November 4th, 2021. I would now like to turn the conference over to Philip Fraser, President and CEO. Please go ahead. Thank you, and good morning. I want to welcome you to Killam Apartment Reads Q3 2021 Earnings Presentation. I am here today with Robert Richardson, Executive Vice President, Dale Noseworthy, Chief Financial Officer, Aaron Cleveland, Senior Vice President of Finance, and Nancy Alexander, Vice President of Investor Relations and Sustainability. Slides to accompany today's call are available on the Investor Relations section of our website under Events and Presentations. I will now ask Nancy to read our cautionary statement. Thank you, Phil. This presentation may contain forward-looking statements with respect to Killam Apartment REIT and its operations strategy, financial performance conditions, or otherwise. The actual results and performance of Killam discussed here today could differ materially from those expressed or implied by such statements. Such statements are qualified in their entirety by the inherent risk and uncertainty surrounding forward-looking statements. For further information about the inherent risk and uncertainties in respect of forward-looking statements, please refer to Killam's most recent annual information form and other securities regulatory filings found online on CDAR. Unless otherwise stated, all forward-looking statements made today speak only as of the date which this presentation refers, and the parties have no obligation to update such statements. Thank you, Nancy. I am pleased to report another very strong financial and operating quarter for Killam. Throughout the third quarter, we have seen strong leasing activity in our apartment and commercial divisions and a strong rebound in our seasonal MHC business. Our 2021 targets are outlined on slide three, along with our year-to-date performance. We produced positive same property net operating income for the 30th consecutive quarter and increased our same property NOI target to exceed 4%, up from the initial target of plus 2%. Dale will take us through Killam's third quarter financial results, followed by Robert, who will discuss our operating performance. I will conclude the call with an update on our recent acquisitions and our development pipeline. I will now hand it over to Dale. Thanks, Bill. Financial highlights of Killam's strong Q3 results can be found on slide four. We achieved net income of $46.6 million compared to $37.5 million in Q3 2020. The resilient demand for apartments, the rebound of our seasonal MHC business, and strong leasing in our commercial segment are reflected in both same property growth and $25.8 million of fair value gains on investment properties in the quarter. Killam realized FFO per unit growth of 11.1% and AFFO per unit growth of 13.0% in the quarter. Killam's AFFO payout ratio improved 900 basis points in Q3 to 66%. 
Please refer to slide 5. Kiln's same property portfolio achieved a strong 7.4% NOI growth in the quarter. Year-to-date, same property NOI is up 5%. Kiln's key revenue levers are charted on page 6. Apartment leasing and occupancy have been steadily gaining momentum since the beginning of 2021, leading to 97.4% same property occupancy in Q3, 90 basis points ahead of a year ago. This included occupancy of 98.0% in September, and the trend of strong occupancy is continuing in Q4. Apartment rental rates as at September 30, 2021, were up 3.4% versus September last year. Year-to-date, we've achieved 1.5% in rental increases on renewals and 4.9% on regular unit turns. Our repositioning program also contributed to our top-line growth. We've seen a slight uptick in rental incentives in the last year, with incentives in the quarter equal to 0.7% of revenues. These incentive offerings remain primarily limited to our Alberta portfolio. Excluding Alberta, incentive offerings for our same property portfolio remain very low at 0.3% of revenue in Q3. In addition to strong performance from our apartment portfolio, our MHC and commercial properties also performed well in Q3, which Robert will expand on. We remain focused on expense management. Turning to slide 7, we realized a modest 0.2% increase in same property expenses for the quarter. Year-to-date, same property expenses increased 1.5%, as higher general operating and property tax expenses were offset by lower utility and fuel expenses. Killam's same property NOI margin increased by a healthy 160 basis points in the quarter and 80 basis points year-to-date. Slide 8 highlights our debt maturity profile, including average apartment mortgage rates by year versus prevailing CMHC-insured mortgage rates. We realized a 43 basis point reduction in interest rates on 27.3 million of maturing debt in the quarter. Based on current market conditions, we expect to refinance maturing debt throughout the remainder of this year and in 2022 at relatively flat rates. Slide nine highlights our debt metrics. Debt as a percentage of total assets was 44.1% at September 30th, below our target for the year of less than 47%. In addition, Killam finished the quarter with acquisition capacity of over $250 million. I will now turn the call over to Robert. Thank you, Dale, and good morning, everyone. Today, I will provide an update on the strength of our apartment, manufactured home community, and commercial property segments before turning the call back to Philip to discuss our acquisition and development pipelines. Please refer to slide 10. Kiln continues to execute its long-term growth objectives to increase unit holder value based on three key strategies. One, increase Kiln's earnings from its existing portfolio. Two, expand the portfolio, diversifying geographically through accretive acquisitions with an emphasis on newer properties. And three, develop high-quality properties in Kiln's core markets. We have made notable progress on all three strategic priorities this year. Kiln's growth is intentional and focused, keeping both community building and long-term sustainability top of mind. Slide 11 shows Kiln's revenue growth for the third quarter and year-to-date by property segment. 
Market fundamentals for apartments throughout Canada remain solid, with consistently high occupancy rates coast-to-coast. In Q3 2021, Kilm's occupancy increased 90 basis points, contributing significantly to same-property apartment revenue growth of 4.1%. This trend continues today with 50% of Kilm's 216 apartment complexes at 100% occupancy, and 80% of the apartment complexes have only one unit or less vacant. After a challenging 2020 that saw Kilm's resort properties in the manufactured home community sector experience record high vacancy and a commercial segment that required rental deferment and in some cases rental abatement, 2021 has produced markedly improved results for Kilm's MHC and commercial properties. Our MHC business accounts for approximately 7% of Kilm's total year-to-date net operating income. In these 39 communities, Kilm owns the land and the supporting infrastructure and leases sites to tenants that own their own homes and pay Kilm a monthly site rent. 30 of Kilm's 39 MHCs offer permanent, year-round, affordable housing to 3,800 residents. The remaining nine communities are seasonal, operate from May to October each year, and are often referred to as resort communities, as they typically have water features as well as many recreational amenities. Kilm's resort portfolio achieved record growth this quarter and year-to-date, with the easing of COVID-19 restrictions and the return of interprovincial travel. All the resort communities opened on time and operated at near capacity throughout 2021. Revenue growth, as well as NOI growth, were bolstered by MHC site expansions at many of Kilm's communities this year. Kilm's commercial segment consists of approximately 1 million square feet of standalone commercial space that accounted for 5.1% of Kilm's NOI for the nine months ended September 30, 2021. The majority of the commercial space is concentrated in three assets, totaling 847,000 square feet, namely Westmount Place in Waterloo, the Brewery Market in Halifax, and the Charlottetown Mall, soon to be renamed Royalty Crossing in Prince Edward Island. Kilm's commercial portfolio reported same property revenue growth of 8% in Q3 and 6.2% revenue growth year-to-date. A combination of increased commercial occupancy, rental step-ups, nominal rental abatements, and a lower bad debt expense all contributed to better performance when compared to 2020. Year-to-date, the commercial team has completed deals totaling 160,000 square feet, 110,000 square feet of renewals at a weighted average increase of 10%, and 50,000 square feet of new commercial leasing at an average net rent of $15.90 a square foot. I will now discuss Kilm's apartment suite repositioning program. The market demand for Kilm's new and newly renovated suites remains robust. Slide 12 highlights Kilm's plan to deliver 550 repositioned suites for 2021. To date in 2021, the average capital investment for a repositioned suite is $26,000 resulting in an average return on investment of 13%. I want to emphasize that Kilm repositioned suites once they have become vacant and has not and would not pressure a resident to surrender their suite for repositioning. The demand for upgraded suites is not restricted to specific geographies or properties, but holds true across Kilm's portfolio. These upgrades provide attractive rental growth and return opportunities, as well as improving the energy efficiency and curb appeal of the portfolio. To finish the discussion on Kilm's revenue growth, I want to highlight Kilm's value proposition that has been successful for 20 years in attracting and retaining our valued residents and tenants. 
We undertake to build and be part of our communities, supporting housing initiatives that house 800 plus families needing additional support. Please refer to slide 13. Kilmes close to 19,000 apartment units and as noted earlier, 5,900 MHC sites across seven provinces from Newfoundland to British Columbia. We offer a range of housing options in each of our markets and have always maintained a very responsible approach to increasing rents for existing tenants. The decision to move rents takes into consideration the financial demands on our tenants and the evolving economic climate in our communities throughout Canada and increasingly globally. Kilm's portfolio has a wide collection of locations, unit sizes and layouts throughout its urban markets and suburban communities. With an average apartment rent of $1,200 per month, this represents considerable value and accommodates a diverse group of tenants and potential residents. Fully, 35% of Kilm suites rent for less than $1,000 per month, and Kilm's average MHC sites lease for $260 per month. Slide 13 also compares Kilm's average rent to the median household income in the markets where we operate. Using CMHC's recommended 30% of median household income as the upper limit for rent, this slide clearly shows Kilm's rents are well below this upper limit. I will now hand you back to Philip, and thank you. Thank you, Robert. Please turn to page 14 to see our acquisition summary slide. This is a record year of growth for Killam, with $390 million in acquisitions year to date. After a quiet third quarter, we have acquired four new properties totaling 482 units in Charlottetown, Moncton, and two in Edmonton. On October 6th, we closed on a new 61-unit property in Charlottetown, as shown on slides 15 and 16. The purchase price of this four-story wood frame apartment building was $15.3 million, or $251,000 per unit, and contains 30 affordable rental units approved under the CMHC National Housing Strategy Program. These projects are to encourage a stable supply of new rental housing for middle-class families across Canada. In addition, this purchase aligns with our ESG initiatives to increase our affordable housing base by 20% by 2025. Average monthly rents for the affordable units are $1.14 per square foot, which is 65% of market rents at $1.76 per square foot. The property opened early this year and is 98% leased. On October 18th, Killam acquired Emma Place for $31.8 million, or $269,500 per unit, representing a stabilized all-cash yield of 3.9%. Please refer to slides 17 and 18. This new luxury 118-unit concrete building in Moncton has a mix of unit types with an average size of 1,035 square feet. This quality asset has many amenities and is very well located in Moncton. The next two acquisitions on slide 19 and 20 are located in Edmonton. As, as a part of our geographical diversification growth strategy, we are increasing our presence in Western Canada by using our established operating platform to absorb the management of these new assets. On October 28th, we acquired Heritage Valley Central, a newly constructed 123-unit wood frame building for $28.9 million, or 241,000 per unit, representing an all-cash yield of 
This property is near other Killam assets and is close to the new Edmonton Hospital that is under construction. As well, Killam has agreed to acquire Nautical Suites, a 180-unit property that contains three wood frame buildings built in 2019 for $42.3 million, or $235,000 per unit, representing a 4.9 all-cash yield. The average monthly rent is $1,525, or $1.74 per square foot, and is currently 98% leased. Killam is assuming a $32.7 million mortgage with a 2.3% interest rate that matures in March 2023. We expect this purchase to close early next week. Through acquisitions and completed developments, we have added 1,601 apartment units this year to our portfolio. Our recently completed developments on slide 21 show the operating margins and annual NOI contribution of 10 Harley, Nolan Hill, and Shorefront. They were fully leased within six months of completion and contributed $0.7 million in FFO in the third quarter. Our development pipeline provides us with an excellent opportunity to add high-quality real estate assets to our portfolio. Slide 22 shows the five developments underway in the following cities, Halifax, Mississauga, Kitchener, and two in Ottawa adding an additional 497 units to our portfolio over the next 18 months. Slides 23 to 29 show updated progress shots of each development project along with construction information. The cost increases have been minimal and we have experienced slight delays due to supply chain issues, similar to all developers across the country today. The governor remains on schedule and on budget. It will be a great complement to our surrounding neighborhood of the Bury and the Alexander apartment building in Halifax. Renderings of two future development projects are shown on slides 30 and 31. We expect to break ground on both of these projects in early 2022. Finally, we continue to refine and advance our development pipeline. A full list of our development pipeline is included on slide 32. We are committed to being amongst the leaders in ESG for multifamily REITs, and we are working to reduce our environmental footprint. Our 2021 GRES results earned us a green two-star designation. It is also worthy to note that we also earned an A rating on the GRES Public Disclosure Survey, an improvement from 2020, and outperforming our GRES comparison group. To finish, Q3 has been a very good quarter with strong operating and financial performance. Our focus strategy is leading to increased earnings, a stronger balance sheet, more geographical diversification, and one of the highest quality apartment portfolios in Canada. This concludes the formal part of the presentation, and we will now open up the call for questions. Thank you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be pulled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star, followed by two. 
Even if you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Your first question comes from Jonathan Kletcher with TD Securities. Please go ahead. Thanks. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, good morning. For, first, Rob, just to just to clarify, I think I, I might have missed this, but did you say 50% of your apartment properties are 100% full? Yes, I did. Okay, and 80% one unit or less vacancy? Correct. Okay, would that be, um, I guess you'd have some markets in there that would be basically as strong as you've ever seen them. Would that be, would that be fair to say? And what markets would those be? Yes. Well, for the most part, it's coast to coast. Like there is demand everywhere. Now the West, a little bit in Alberta, a little, but you know, Atlantic Canada across the board, they're performing very well in Ontario. Just a little bit of vacancy in Ottawa. That looks to be coming around now in, in the fourth quarter. So, but they're all strong. Okay. Um, and then just just switching gears on on energy costs. Been a lot of volatility in in those. Um, what what are your expectations um, for this winter versus last winter? Do you, do you think with higher revenue you can sort of keep um, margins similar to last winter? We we are expecting to see some pressure on natural gas and oil costs, um, as, as we've seen. I think most people are expecting that. I do think when we look at our total utility costs, we are expecting more moderation, though, like less increase on electricity and water, which should balance it out. Um, so we'll see. Um, we do expect to see, especially in Q1, an increase in utility costs overall. Um, but there are electricity and water should be nominal. Um, but, but we'll see. We've all, you know, we've been investing a lot in those energy initiatives. We continue to. Um, the solar panel, all of the uh, other energy upgrades, so that should help. Um, and we know that our utilities here in Atlantic Canada have been securing um, delivery lines in less volatile markets, so that also should help. We have done a lot of um, heating plant conversions, and that will help us as well. They'll be more efficient, and these ones will be doing uh, burning propane, so there's some efficiencies there. Okay, and, and what about hedging? Have you hedged much of your of your costs? Uh, we haven't. Uh, no, when we look, you know, the pricing on, on locking those in are pretty high. Uh, right now, not a lot hedged, but we do have our biggest exposure in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia again that have, you know, they've been very proactive after the volatility we saw years ago in securing lines to to less volatile markets. So. I think it'll be a different story than it was back in 2014-15. Okay, thanks. I'll uh, I'll turn it back. Thank you. Your next question comes from Joanne Chen with BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, just wanted to just get a sense of you know how has uh, you know obviously been a very strong quarter We're on the leasing front. It's great to see, but. Um, I mean, notice how uh, leasing has trended so far, I guess, in October and November. Has that cadence kind of continued? The leasing trend? 
Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. It has continued. In fact, um, it has. Uh, it's it stayed as strong, if not stronger, than what we would have where we would have. Hello. Oh, did you hear us? Uh, sorry, I got, no, it accidentally got cut off there. Apologies, I, did, I, I missed yeah. that. Okay, just I'll just repeat it, just to say that the just the leasing trending that we've seen, you know, when we ended the quarter, it has stayed as strong, if not stronger, in October and November. Whereas um, historically, we will see, we tend to see occupancy come off a little bit in Q4. Um, we're seeing stronger than normal demand and leasing activity than in past years in Q4. Well, that's great to hear. And I guess just switching um, on the acquisition side of things, you know, uh, right now, where are you seeing, I guess, the best markets in terms of the most attractive for balance in, ter in terms of, um, you know, growth potential and, you know, the, the, the acquisition price? I know the goal is to continue to diversify out, out of Atlantic, but you're still kind of, um, are, you, are you seeing some more attractive opportunities in, in those markets right now, given how, how strong it is? Um, so I think to answer your, your question, you're asking, if, are we seeing attractive opportunities in Atlantic Canada as well? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've got our eye on a number of interesting opportunities um, in Atlantic Canada, um, which we typically always have. Um, but there's a lot of opportunities <clears throat> in Ontario, which we're pretty excited about. A lot of them would be added value sort of in terms of being able to go in and repositioning some of the um, these assets long-term or with a development um, surplus density opportunity as well. And then uh, West um, BC, there's lots of product available um, as well as Alberta. Okay, got it. And yeah, Alberta's uh, obviously getting some, a lot of strength these days, so that's good to hear. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, it's great to see, you know, this quarter, the, you guys really keeping your expenses down. The expense growth is very minimal. So I guess just on that, what are you guys doing differently with respect to kind of how you're managing the portfolio to keep um, kind of costs down like the way you guys are? Well, I'd say that, you know, the energy initiatives, we are seeing the impact of that, which we've already talked about. Um, we okay. are looking at contract negotiations as we look for economies of scale um, across the country for everything from looking for opportunities with, with garbage collection and um, any of those large contract services, um, which, is, which is helping. Also working with um, our staff, tremendous group uh, of employees that are keeping um, the buildings running well and if, if, if they can take on some of the smaller maintenance um, tasks on their own then that teaching them that and expanding the capabilities of that team is also helping. So across the board, um, looking for opportunities for efficiency. Tax appeals yes, are, yes, are assisting us, so there's benefit there. Um, the conversions on the heating plants. Pardon me, it sounds like the phone may have went on mute. Um, on the company's end, right? Uh, yes, apologies. sorry, Joanna. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. Let me just uh, take a, a quick check here. Please stand by. We are just experiencing a technical issue.
you hear us? We can hear you now. Yep. Okay. okay Great. Right. Yeah, I'm just going to move it. Maybe there's something pressing on something. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Joanne, um, go ahead with your yep. question. Yeah, sorry, just maybe one more for me. Any um, thoughts on the regulatory front? I guess any changes you think in 2022? I mean, or is it, do you think it's likely going to be likely more so status quo in most of your markets? I think it's with going to be status to quo. I mean, there was. Okay. Oh, sorry about that. Um, I think it's status quo. Uh, we don't have any insight to um, any changes in Ontario or out west, and the announcement um, was was out a couple weeks ago regarding yeah. Nova Scotia, where there's it's not rent control; it's a rent cap for the next 24 months. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now I will uh, turn it back. Uh, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Your next question comes from Matt Logan with RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thank you, and good morning. Good morning. With significant cap rate compression across the country this year, can you talk a little bit about what, um, you know, your acquisition pipeline and how you're balancing that with development and your thoughts uh, going forward? Well, I think what comes first is that the, the development side, the planning is multiple years um, in the works it takes to get ready to um, start a project. So once it starts, it's another two years. So we've been working on our um, the projects that we hope to finish in the next 12 months to 18 months for probably the last five to six years. We're working on the next two or three to keep that pipeline going. So that's a constant relative to um, what we see in terms of growth um, compared to the acquisition side. The acquisition side, um, again, it's it's always interesting and sort of changing, but um, the deals that we're looking at, the, you look at them in terms of where they are relative to the cap rate. Um, if they're accretive, if we see good upside with the actual asset, and then we're more than willing to sort of get to the point to, to try to purchase it. And with rent growth in your market, um, you know, offsetting some of the, the cost increases, would you say development yields are largely steady? Or has there been any compression on uh, the development front? Well, I mean, again, there is pressure on the cost side right across the board in every market in Canada. Um, but by the time you pro forma, and hopefully by the time you finish, that the, the market has again moved uh, on the upside, which takes care of all the sort of the cost pressure throughout that piece. But the interesting um, part of your question is there is such a demand for housing and new supply across this country that um, no matter what, we're going to have to figure out a way to build it to house all the people and all the new folks that are coming into the country, So, and which gives us really the huge opportunity for the years to come. Uh, agreed. And maybe just changing gears uh, to the commercial property segment. Were there any non-recurring items in the quarter, or said differently, how should we be thinking about the cash and why run rate? Could that be something around uh, $10 million? In terms of the investment side? Uh, in terms of the NOI run rate. The NOI run rate? Um, 
I'd like to think it's going to have a bit more growth in 2022. We've done some deals here that haven't uh, made it to the income statement yet, so it should improve. I don't have a number for you. Uh, there's no reoccurring income in that. No, not in this year. No, not in the 10 million. Yeah, yeah I heard that question. Yeah. Okay, good. And, and maybe out. just one last. So 10 plus a little bit of growth here next year is kind of how we should be thinking about the outlook for commercial. Yes. And maybe one last question for me before we turn it back. You talked about some of your energy initiatives and cost savings. What are you seeing on the labor front? Um, yeah, there's, there are pressures on the labor front. And we're seeing, and I think a part of it is a federal policy uh, on the CERB side where some workers were happy to not uh, find themselves in the workforce. But that, or hoping in 2022 will change and they'll come back to, to work. But right now there's a bit of pressure and you're seeing it. I, I know I noticed in the paper today, the minimum wage in Ontario will go to $15. So that's that's the way things are tracking. Okay, well, I appreciate the color. That's all for me. I'll turn it back. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have any questions, please press star one. Your next question comes from Matt Cormack with National Bank. Please go ahead. Hi, all. Um, just with regards to uh, the Nova Scotia election, um, the new premier came out, obviously put a rent cap in place, but noted that supply is the true answer to affordability. Have there been any, been any new programs that would have been rolled out by the province at this point to encourage supply? And, and obviously, I think that you guys as a potential supplier of it would have been involved or may be involved in the future in providing affordable housing in Nova Scotia? The only thing they've come up so far with is a $35 million investment looking to support 1,100 new units. That would be the equity portion of, of the investment. Um, but nothing other than that at this time. Having met the Premier a number of times, it, he's serious about looking to find a solution and he knows it's going to take additional investment by, I think the various levels of government have to come together and uh, contribute to making guess, some of uh, the new housing more affordable. Yeah, And I also think he's engaging the City of Halifax in terms of um, understanding the process for um, um, the whole permitting and development of uh, new applications, um, and not only for multifamily um, developments, but for large tracts of single family. And if there is sort of um, sort of a log jam that gets broken, then I think there's going to be more supply of all types of housing for Metro in the next six to 12 months. But it's still going to take time to build. Sure. No, that, that makes sense on all fronts. Um, and then last one for me, um, Edmonton, uh, you bought there, granted, newer assets with, with pretty good yields, um, but does that signal sort of uh, increased optimism around the Alberta market, and, and could we foresee additional expansion there? It does. Yes, it does. I mean, you know, the that province is still heavily dependent on the price of oil, and um, this uh, rebound in the price of oil, I think it's got um, um, positive effects for all of the uh, the province. And uh, we see it in terms of leasing and just talking to um, whether it's brokers or other developers out there that they see increased traffic 
um, right across the board. Okay, makes sense. And uh, congrats, I don't often get beat by a few cents on my FFO estimate. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Our pleasure. There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed. Um, thank you very much for participating today in today's um, conference call, and we look forward to reporting fourth quarter results um, in February of 2022. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Have a great day. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.